hello and welcome to episode number 15 of the Building a Better Body podcast. How is everyone doing today? I am cold. Where is the summer? <laughs> Alrighty. If I actually put the heat on, what's going on? So, nothing that jazz. Um, what is new with me? Well, my book is available for pre-order. Eek! So excited. Uh, it is up there on Amazon for you to pre-order for your Kindle or other device that has the Kindle app. I'm excited, uh, scared, but feeling feeling accomplished once and for all. The Building a Better Body Your Way book is out there, so there's no going back. Um, so I would love it if you guys would pre-order it because I've put a lot of work into it. It's maybe been about a year in the making. And I can't believe it's just there, ready for pre-order. So release day is the 1st of May. And it's brilliant. So I'll have to find other things to spend my time on now. <laughs> Giving you more information, I think, on the podcast is a good start. Also, uh, I managed to get onto the radio again, surprisingly. Um, I had five missed calls yesterday. Um, when I checked my voicemail, it was from the BBC Evening Extra team again. Um, so to cut a long story short... I was on the show, show via phone along with another health food blogger. They wanted us on because there was a news article yesterday about dairy-free diets and the warning and risk of bone health. And here's some quotes from that article for you. Um, a National Osteoporosis Society survey found a fifth of under 25s are cutting out and re- or reducing dairy in their diet. It said it was concerned many young adults were putting their health at risk by following eating fads. Cutting out dairy can be healthy if enough calcium is consumed from other sources such as nuts, seeds and fish. The charity's survey suggests that many young people seek dietary advice from bloggers and vloggers on the internet. Although some of them have uh, good advice, the charity is concerned some people become too restrictive about what they eat. So they had us on talking about that. I didn't have an awful lot of time to put my point across, but I'll I'll perhaps say a bit more here for you guys to listen to. Something that really bugged me about the article was the statement, choose low-fat cheese and yogurt to cut down on fat intake, although crisps and biscuits may contain much more fat. I don't really understand why the crisps and biscuits bit is in there, but first of all, dairy contains vitamin D, which is what the body uses to actually absorb the calcium. So that's kind of nature's way of putting everything together in synergy to work for your body. However, vitamin D is a fat-soluble vitamin and it needs the fat to absorb properly. So low fat just doesn't make sense to me. So, you know, don't monkey with nature. (laughs) Uh, So that, that kind of bothered me a little bit. Also stated in the article, and I quote, Professor Susan... Lanham New, Head of Nutritional Sciences at the University of Surrey and Clinical Advisor to the National Osteoporosis Society, said diet in early early adulthood is so important because by the time we get into our late 20s, it is too late to reverse the damage caused by poor diet and nutrient deficiencies and the opportunity to build strong bones has passed. Mm, it seems very final. In fact, I beg to differ. I don't believe it is ever too late to make important changes 
For example, resistance training has shown to increase bone density along with elevated levels in the blood of osteocalcin, which is uh, in fact a marker for bone growth. So uh, I feel like that's a bit of a blanket statement. You know, there's always something we can do to improve our bodies. The takeaway I kind of would like people to have from this discussion is that calcium is obviously important, but it doesn't have to come from dairy if you don't feel good eating it. It may be better for you to get, get it from other sources such as sesame seeds, uh, bok choy and spinach or tinned fish, you know, tinned salmon or uh, sardines, you know, you get the little bones in there that you can't chomp down on those, lovely. But you don't sort of notice them, so it's okay. And if, you, if you're if you avoiding dairy, you know, make sure to get these foods in. That obviously makes sense. Um, I clearly don't believe you should give up because you've read that it's bad for you on some blog site or... Um, you know, somebody's told you to because they happen to look radiant in their studio lighting and it's worked for them. You know, everybody is on their own journey. It's, I always say this, it's about listening to your body and how you feel when you eat certain foods. Don't worry about what anybody else is doing. Uh, also, top quality uh, produce is also key. Uh, if you can tolerate dairy, full fat cheese uh, and good quality yogurt are lovely things. And if you can get away with eating them, I say go for it. You know, nobody wants to create any sort of anxiety around your food choices. So enjoy all of the good things. So that's my take on dairy. Do you guys eat it? I'd love to know. So you can hit me up with an email uh, to karen at goodcleanchai.com. Okay, moving on. I've got another news article to discuss. I'm not really doing a topic of the week. I just kind of like having a bit of a discussion today. So I'm going to carry on with that. Um, on Gizmodo, there was an article stating a seemingly harmless virus might be triggering celiac disease. Quote, researchers who published their work in the journal Science recently suspected celiac disease had some environmental component based on lots of evidence. For instance, 2% of people living in the Finnish area, Karelia, suffer from celiac disease, but only 0.2% of folks residing in its neighbour, the Russian Republic of Karelia, do. So around 30 to 40% of Americans have at least one of the two genetic features associated with celiac disease, according to Science News, but only 1% actually suffer from it. And our understanding of celiac as an autoimmune response doesn't explain why the body should have a response specifically for partially digested gluten, as opposed to the same response it has to other partially digested proteins. They believe there may be a celiac trigger, and recently evidence hints at a virus triggering the disease. Not much experimental evidence at the moment, but scientists have been studying real viruses and beginning to realise that otherwise benign, they may have something to do with celiac disease. Scientists tested two viral strains on mice and found an asymptomatic strain called T1L had the ability to trigger an intestinal immune response on food molecules like gluten. However, it did not cause outright celiac disease. Uh, furthermore, what was discovered was that people with celiac disease seem to have a higher level of the antibody or pathogen killing protein for rheovirus. seems to imply some sort of viral exposure. Not to say rheovirus caused celiac disease, but it could be a factor. 
So this study was carried out in mice, therefore effects may not translate exactly into humans. But it's interesting, isn't it? It certainly opens up the possibilities of looking into prevention um, and more research and funding in the area is needed, as usual, when you read these things. So celiac disease, I mean, it's a complicated thing altogether. Um, I don't know why it's so rife at the minute, but it could be environmental, it could be genetic. But at the end of the day, we've got to eat appropriately so that we feel good and well if we do have the disease. So that's that article covered. Um, that is literally all I'm going to do today. Nice and short and sweet. Uh, I'm quite busy, so I'm going to leave you guys to the rest of your day. So if you want to send any listener questions along, send them to karen at goodcleanchow.com. And if you want to support the show, it's over to goodcleanchow.com forward slash support. And please do leave a review on iTunes if you're enjoying what you're listening to. And remember, building a better body your way, out for pre-order. Check it out. Cheers. Thanks, guys. Bye-bye. The purpose of this podcast is to educate and inform. It is in no way a substitute for medical advice. So please consult with your general practitioner before embarking on any new diet or exercise regime.